Welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Hello family, this is R.C. Blakes and I am so, so excited to be able to share with you once again today, what a blessing it is, uh, to be able to share with you all from all around the world and um, <clears throat> I mean really excited about the fact that the world is opening up again, you know, right now it's as I'm, as I'm delivering this message, it's 2022, it's May of 2022 and we've been in a, a pandemic for the last two years, it's still going on but the world is adjusting and the world is opening up again and I'm looking forward to being able to move about and Lisa and I prayerfully will get a chance to meet many of you in different parts of the world and in different parts of the country. Now please invite someone to come and to be a part of this conversation or take this link you know and uh, copy it and share it in your on your other social media platforms you can text it to someone. I want as many people as possible to come into this conversation because it's something that um, that I've been pondering for a while and I, I thought today that I would just address it directly because as I listen to the rhetoric you know in the world today the rhetoric that centers on um, the woman's okay there are a few things that are stated the woman is of little to no value if she does not have a husband which is a lie. Um, the woman that gets to a certain age, you know, I think that age is, according to certain people, 30 years old. Hmm. Uh, a 30-year-old woman is a baby, quite honestly. 
but you're at that age, you know, so you're kind of like uh, disqualified, you know, because you're too old at this point. And then it stated that uh, husbands are so scarce that uh, women should consider um, teaming up and, you know, just creating harems around one man, one man, two, three, four women, and all of you all live up in the house together and uh, all of you all share that one man. This is uh, the product this line of thinking and indoctrination is the product of female slave conditioning. This is where the, the male, the misogynistic cultures of the world breaks the woman down to the point that uh, she can no longer identify her true value. And when you want to manage or manipulate a woman, make her believe that she's worthless or worthless. And once she believes that she's worthless or worthless, you are then capable of managing that woman and steering her in any direction you desire her to go in. This is what we're seeing in the world today because the sadder part of what I just described to you is that we presently have women who are promoting this uh, way of life as a viable option. And I'm like, an option to what? An option to being a whole and healthy and productive and happy individual? You'd rather be a part of a harem sharing a man with two or three other women than, um, you know, go about your life and be whole and happy and healthy and productive? Are you so bad that you can't fathom living with you productively and happily for the rest of your life? Is, are, you, are you really struggling with or from the need for assisted self-esteem to the point that you can't build yourself up? You have to have a man, even if it's just not even a piece of a man, but a fraction of a man that's shared amongst other broken women? So I, you know, and I hear women that are just, you've just, women have just been so desperate. Women are, should I say, so desperate for a husband, for a man, that it's like you hurdle over all of the other things that should come before you even contemplate entering into a relationship, you know, why are you so concerned about a man and educationally you're incomplete? Why are you so concerned about a man and your money is, is not right? Why are you so concerned about a man and your health is failing? Why are you so concerned about a man and you have hit none of your personal marks? You have not reached any of your personal goals. My point is, there are a lot of other things that you should be obsessing over that are in squarely in your auspices to control than to sit here and 
you know, um, stress over when am I going to get a man? When am I going to get a husband? Get a job. Educate yourself. Take better care of yourself. Hit some of your personal marks and goals so you can feel better about you. And here's my point. Here's my real point. I, I, don't, I, I just went on a rant there. I want to talk today about how to pray for your mate. Not pray for your mate as in how to pray for your present husband, but how to pray for God to get involved in the process and to hear something the Holy Spirit began to speak into my heart. God said he can and he will like he always has. He will raise men up for you. It doesn't matter what the world looks like and what statistics say and what talking heads say on social media or, or YouTube or mainstream media. God says, when you are in your rightful place, I can then begin to raise the proper men up for you or the proper man up for you. Think about it. You know, some say, oh, you, I don't believe in that praying for a mate. Well, what do you believe in? Do you believe in just going out here randomly choosing men and just increasing your body count? Is that what you believe in? Is that working for you? The world told you, lay down in the bed, have sex with men, and that's the way to get a husband. You didn't have 25, 30 of them. You ain't got no ring yet. What do you believe in? Do you believe in listening to all of this stuff these people telling you on social media and YouTube that don't even have a spouse? Huh? When if you, especially if you're a Christian, you go back to the book of Genesis, it was God that created the first marriage. Now, please don't misunderstand me. In no way am I saying like some people do. You know, you just sit at home and pray and God is going to like supernaturally drop somebody out of the ceiling, out of the clouds into your bedroom. And voila, here I am. I'm your husband. No, it doesn't work like that. You've got to participate in the process. But when you've done the parts that you can do, it's not productive for you to sit there and literally have a conniption, a stroke, you know, over when is my husband coming? And you've never once stopped to pray for God to raise that individual up while you move on with your life happily, productively, and healthily. I just believe it's the way. I mean, um, you, you all have heard my story. The reason I'm, Lisa and I are married today is because God told me Lisa was my wife. And I went and I got Lisa. And I said, hey, the Lord said you're my wife. And she said, yes. The Lord told her the same thing. Now, now watch that. Watch this, rather. You all, hear, you all hear our testimony. You hear me talk about, you know, how I was a player. God got a hold of my life. I met Lisa. And, you know, trying to live my life right, I said, Lisa, you know, hey, I don't want to be married. I'm not going to get married. She left me and so forth and so on. But watch this. He's the first woman in my life I've ever been faithful to. Never wanted to be faithful. So God took me and broke me down and raised me up for Lisa Blakes. If God did it for me, or should I say if God did it for Lisa, why can't he do it for you?
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I think it's time for you to trust God now. You've done everything else. You've done everything else. You've done everything else. I think it's time for you to consider trusting God now. Now, I know you may not be a big church person and all of that. And, you know, some of you, um, you know, may not even be a part of church or have any kind of religious connection at all. But you knew I was a preacher when you came here. There's no way in the world you're going to hear me talk without somehow, you know, uh, in, in injecting God. And I'm not trying to proselytize you. I don't use this channel to try to, you know, convince you that you need to be this or that. I'm just trying to help you. And I'm saying to you that the creator of the universe, the almighty, desires to be a part. Oh, you got to hear this. I feel God on this right now. The Almighty desires to be a part of your relational process. And I know you haven't talked to him in a while. I know you don't consider yourself to be that spiritual. But he loves you just the same. And I'm saying to you that he desires to be a part of your process. I want you to consider praying for your mate. While you do your due diligence praying for your mate. Now, point number one. That was just a rant. Pray for God to prepare the one. Watch this. But not only prepare the one, but prepare the one that matches your purpose. This is how you pray for a mate. When I married Lisa, or asked Lisa to marry me, I wasn't just marrying a pretty face. I was marrying a woman that I knew fit my future. I needed a woman that fit my future. She, she says that she needed and she knew that I was a man that fit her future. As you pray for a mate, it's not just, God, send me a, send me a husband. Or even, God, send me a wife. No, no. Father... This is how you pray. I'm asking you today. I'm asking you to prepare the one or prepare one that matches my purpose. And what does that signify? That signifies that you have prioritized purpose over relationship. If you're, not, if you're not connected and married to your individual God-given purpose, you are really out of sync with God because the first thing God is concerned about is that you and I are living out our purpose. And when you know what your purpose is and you're committed and you're married to that purpose, then you can pray for God to raise one up that matches that purpose. See, you've never thought about you've never thought about marriage or you know a partner or a husband 
in terms of one that, um, you know, matches your purpose. You've just thought about one that looks good to the eye, one that feels good to the flesh, one that, you know, meets uh, IG standards. But you cannot develop a marriage, I want you to hear this, apart from the merging of purpose. Looking for something, but I don't have it. I was going to use it as an illustration. Your desire for a mate must be based in purpose before attractions or type. As beautiful as Lisa is, you, you, all, you all know how beautiful Lisa is. When I met Lisa, we were kids, basically, you know, in our 20s. And I was like, wow, I was smitten. But um, I was, you know, I, I came from a different kind of background. You know, I came, you know, Lisa at that point was, she didn't got fine as she got older, but Lisa was skinny. Lisa was like a zero. You know, I, I was used to women that, uh, <laughs> you know, when they walked through the house, all the chandeliers shake, if you know what I mean. But when it came down to understanding that this woman matched my purpose, it was undeniable. But you see, I put, the reason I was able to make the connection with the woman that God purposed for my life and the woman that matched my purpose was because I put purpose ahead of all of those other insignificant, trivial, superficial issues. But there are a lot of you who have esteemed the superficial and you've never considered, considered if a person matches your future. If a person actually fits into your purpose. If you look in Genesis uh, chapter 2 verses 22 and 23, it says that, And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. He's bringing him his wife. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. This is where God brings the two together. And he, he, he you know, there's a merger between the, the male man and the female man, you see. And, and now because the two of them have come together, now they have a certain capacity. Because there is the what? Merging of purpose. Eve's purpose, Adam's purpose, there's the merging of the two. And what happens in a merger? Two entities, two powerful entities come together to create an even larger and more powerful entity. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, it says, And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more two, but one flesh. There's the merger. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Don't look over verse 6, the latter part of it. What God hath joined together, let no man put apart. When you start thinking about 
a mate. You don't want to just go off of your eyes. You don't want to just go off of your flesh. You don't want to just go off of sexual chemistry. You need to know that God is in the middle of this and God is joining the two of you together. And when God joins you together, no man can separate you. But here's the question. What matters to God? What's, what, what is in, what is in the, the, the back of God's mind or at the forefront of God's mind when it comes down to choosing someone for your life? God is interested in purpose. If, if a marriage is not in purpose, it has no point. Why? This is why we have so many divorces today. And I'm not judging anybody because I've been divorced. Y'all know I was a teenage father, right? I got married three days after I turned 18 just trying to do it right. But marriage has to be in purpose, on purpose, and if it's not, it has no point. So when you're praying for a mate, you got to pray for more than six feet tall, $100,000 a year, or, you know, driving a Bentley, or, you know, dressing in Italian suits, and all of that's good if that's your swag and your style, you know what I mean? But, I, and I, I honestly believe that, I believe when, when, when women come to a place where they truly esteem having a man in their lives, that's, you know, connected, that synergizes with their God-given purpose over all of those other superficial things. I believe that God can bring you a man that is on purpose, that is in sync with your purpose, and at the same time give you some of those superficial things that you're looking for. I believe the reason most, of, most women uh, are never able to get the man that is really um, connected to purpose in a package that, that you can appreciate is because you've idolized the superficial and you've divorced God from the process. So you keep getting a man that looks good, he can sex you, but he can't honor you. He got a lot of money, he can afford you, but he can't value you. It's because you did not prioritize the first thing. God, send me a man that matches my purpose. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Who's he talking to? The first husband and wife. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So the purpose of the union was for the two of them to be fruitful, multiply and dominate. What is the purpose of your, you know, what is the purpose of this? Father, raise up someone, raise up the man. That matches my purpose. Now, you can't pray that prayer until you first discerned your own purpose. Until you've prepared for that purpose. And then you pray for God to raise up a partner that harmonizes with your purpose. 
So when you're praying for a mate, pray for God to raise up a man that relates to your future. You see, um, I, you know, life and dating and all of that, uh, relations between men and women, it's kind of like... Um, you know, it's kind of like an airport. Everybody in the airport, um, they don't all have the same destination. You know what I'm saying? So you, you don't just willy-nilly, because you like somebody, you meet somebody in the airport and you like them, you don't just willy-nilly wander onto their plane without knowing that this plane is going where you're trying to go. That's why they have checks and balances. The people give you a ticket, you have to stop at the gate. The people have to check the ticket to make certain that you're on the right plane. Just because you like somebody, you can't get on their plane. You have to get on the plane with someone that's going to the place your particular specific ticket des designates. How many times have I met friends in the airport and we got into great conversations and I would have loved to have continued on with homeboy, but he was going one place and I was going the other. So when his plane had to leave, I had to say adios, bro. He had to say adios, bro. Well, well you don't want to just keep jumping on planes with people because, you know, prayer is the equivalent of checking your ticket. Asking God to get involved with this is, is the equivalent of God checking your ticket alongside the other person's ticket. And God saying, okay, both of y'all going in the same direction. Welcome aboard. Nothing like getting on an airplane and ending up in the wrong. <laughs> ending up in the wrong state. Now, number two, how to pray for, how to pray for your mate. How to pray for God to raise your mate up. Number two, pray for. See, there's the blending of the spiritual and the practical in this conversation tonight. Pray for a revelation. Pray for God to give you a revelation of every toxic standard you have set for a mate. Because your standards, your toxic standards, your type, your type. It, I believe with all of my heart, your type is what is largely destroying um, your having good outcomes relative to relational choices. And it's because you have very toxic standards when it comes down to choosing men. Very toxic standards. You know, so if, if you say... Uh, well, I, I, he got to be six feet tall. You know, he got to make this amount of money. He got to drive that kind of car. Well, what is that? You know, what is that? What is that? I mean, that's carnal. That's fleshly. That's, um, that's, uh, you know, I mean, that's limited. If that's all you got to say, well, you, you really can't cry when you get a man that's misogynistic and, 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 uh, lacks fidelity. It's because two carnal people usually attract one another. And see, if, if you want to start getting different outcomes, and if, if you want to start attracting a better quality of man that really uh, honors you and protects you 
and, and ministers to your broken places and builds you up, a man that builds you up, you're going to have to pray for God to give you a revelation of every toxic standard you've had for men. I was just in a conference the other day, and um, a sister said uh, she doesn't want a man that's five, under five, three, or whatever. And, you know, there was a certain brother on the panel, and, you know, he's, he's a short brother, and I consider myself a short brother as well. Uh, I'm less than six feet tall. Come on now. Hallelujah. But your boy doing all right. You know, hallelujah. But, you know, I said now, you know, here's probably the mindset of, of, of many women, that you can get a man that loves God, a man that uh, is going to work for you, a man that's going to respect you, a man that's going to honor you. you. You'd be amazed. You can have all of this in the package. A man is going to just be faithful, a man that's going to just, you know, he's, 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 an, he's an alpha man, he's an alpha male, if that's, you know, the term you choose to use. You know, he's going to protect you. But he he five six he five seven, I don't want him. And you'd settle for a man six two, doesn't want a job, not gonna be faithful. You'd be amazed how many women have toxic standards to this point. We typically attract what we are subconsciously attracted to. See, there's a difference between what your conscious mind says you want versus what your subconscious mind is ordering. There's a difference between what your conscious mind is saying you want versus what your subconscious mind is really calling for. In your subconscious mind, you're really so broken that you are longing for toxic, dangerous, unpredictable men because society has trained you that this is the man that's attractive. And most of the time, the woman is unaware that her standards for a man have been toxic. They've been carnal and self-defeating. So this is why the woman must pray that God gives her a revelation of every toxic standard she has, even those standards that are subconscious that she does not realize. Because women many times have a lot of prejudices against a lot of superficial prejudice against, prejudices against certain men that are great guys. So you need what? You need, the, you need the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of these toxic standards. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalms 139 and 23. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Now, now listen to what Psalms 51 and verse 10 says. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So we have to pray for a revelation of every toxic standard that we've established for men. Now, watch that. Watch this. For some of you, that's going to require, that's going to bring you to a place of, of probably sorrow because when God begins to search your heart and begins to shine the light on uh, areas where your standard for men 
has been toxic, it's been shallow, it's been uh, self-defeating, you're going to realize how many, how many great men in a lot of cases you turned off, you know, and really broken, you know, broke these guys' hearts. You know, we always like to talk like, you know, women are the only ones out here getting broken, but brothers are out here getting broken as well. You know, especially when a man is a good man, loves God, loves you, and wants to do the best for you, and you can't appreciate him because you have all of these toxic, shallow, um, you know, hot girl summer um, standards that uh, he doesn't fit into. And then when you finally grow up and you, you, you actually involve God in this thing and you realize what you did, But you got to pray for a revelation. You got to ask God to give you a revelation of every toxic standard that you've had and those that you presently have. There's some things that uh, that are important to you that are really not important. There are some things that that you you esteem. You know, man got to have this and a man got to have that. You know, uh, like some of you say, well, a man got to have. You know, got to make. You know, six figures, seven figures. Well, I, I didn't make no, I didn't make no six, seven figures when when Lisa and I got together when we got married. Lisa was RN. She was a nurse. She was banking. I was a little broke preacher. I'm bringing my little seven fifty every two weeks home. Seven fifty every two weeks. That's what she. That's what she married. But you see. The, the, thing, the thing was and is, that's why there's nothing I have that Lisa uh, doesn't have access to. Lisa has free run of any kind of money. It's not, in fact, it's not my money. It's our money. There's no money that I make that Lisa doesn't just, she can do whatever she won't do. Because Lisa loved me when I was broke. But you see, the thing she fell in love with was the fact that I had a vision. I was working on that vision. And I was bringing home a steady paycheck. I had a work ethic. I had a vision and I had a grind. And when you have a combination of that and a man, there's no limit to where he can go. So not a day. Hey, come on now. Your boy doing all right. Lisa doing all right. She ain't, she ain't running up down the hospital uh, hallways. She can if she won't, but she ain't got to. Because she held me down. How many women would have looked over and said, oh, no, you don't you you make enough money. I'm a professional woman. You're just a little preacher, a little broke preacher. Uh, no, no, no. I need, I need a man that's banking. Yeah. So you need to pray for God give me a revelation of every toxic standard that I've had and those that I have that I don't even, that I'm not even aware of. Search my heart and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Help me to see me when I'm thinking crazy like this. When I'm judging good men based on toxic standards that have always served to break me. Every time you get the man that you're attracted to, you, you get broken. Your type is the type that breaks you. So we need to do something different from the inside out. We need to pray for God to reveal this to you. And then we need to pray for God to bring a deliverance in the same process. Point number two, pray for a revelation of every toxic standard. You need to simultaneously ask God to purge your heart from all toxic desires.
God, you know, all of these soul ties that I'm attracted to, all of this stuff that, you know, for some reason I've always viewed as attractive and magnetizing God, cleanse my heart of these things. You, know, you notice what he says here in Psalms 51.10? Creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, help me to get, help me to get aligned from the inside out. God, create a, a right spirit within me. Come on now. You know, that, that I'm no longer uh, my own worst enemy when it comes down to men. And God, help me to appreciate, help me to appreciate and recognize a man that is husband material. A man that matches my purpose. Give me the revelation, God. And now number three. How to pray for your mate. Pray to become, here we go. Pray to become attractive to the mate you would be um, attracted to. In other words, the person you ultimately desire. A lot of times we have these desires for these individuals and we don't actually fit the bill of what we say we want. You know, this is about looking at your standards. And asking one question, am I on the level of the person I desire to have? You keep running around here asking God to send you a king. Uh, but are you queen conscious? See, you, you, can't, you can't sit there and talk about God. God, send me a king. I want a king. I want a king. I want a man that can walk in high places. I, I want a distinguished man. And while you're sitting there, you don't have enough consistency to get a pedicure when you need it. Kings don't want walk in the, out in the street with a woman with her feet tore up like that. And I mean that, you know, I mean that may sound harsh, and some of y'all may think it's funny, but I'm really not trying to be funny. I'm being very honest. You know, God, I want, I want, I want a, a high value man. Do you meet that standard? You know, you got to pray. See, even on on a, on, a, on a superficial level, we asking for stuff that we haven't even we haven't we haven't reached those standards. You know, so you really, it's futile for you to be out here praying for or desiring, should I say, a certain kind of mate, and you've not done your own personal work. You don't qualify. You don't even qualify. It's not that there's not a man out here that matches your purpose, that has, you know, hits all of these other superficial marks that you may desire, but even if he matches your purpose, is he going to be attracted to you on that superficial level? Are you what you're asking for? So a lot of times we need to take a break from running around and dating, and we need to do, we need to do some house cleaning. We need to pray to become what we're asking for or what we're desiring. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together, with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? It's talking about not being unequally yoked. You know, and this principle applies to more than, 
you know, you in the church don't marry somebody that doesn't believe in God. I believe that does apply, you know, to whatever extent. But I believe this principle is much larger than that. And then, you know, usually when we look at this text, be not unequally yoked together, we're always thinking about another person not meeting our standard. But watch this. Are you meeting the standard of the person you desire? The man you say you want, are you equally, would that man be equally yoked to you? Would you be equally yoked to that man? I think that's the question. You've got to stop looking down at people that don't qualify for your life and saying that, that's an unequal yoke. And maybe you need to start looking inwardly at yourself and asking yourself, now, am I on the level of the, the man I really say I desire? spiritually, financially, physically, so forth and socially, so forth and so on. So you have to what? Do the personal work. While you're praying to become attracted to the mate you would be attracted to, um, you got to do the personal work simultaneously to evolve. You got to do the work to evolve. It's not, it's not wish upon a star. This is not magic. It's not like you say, well, it's not like a brother says, well, I want to I wanna high value woman. I want a high value woman. Oh, what is a high value woman? You know, whatever it is. Um, okay, let's say she's a, she's a, she's a God-fearing woman. She's an educated woman. She's a visionary woman. She, she's a woman that takes care of herself physically. Uh, you know, she, she's, she's health conscious. You sit in talking about you want a high value woman and you don't have a job. You, you're not taking care of your health. You know, you, your belly look like Santa Claus toy sack. You, you got to be what you desire. You need to do some work on yourself before you go out here because right now your present presentation is not going to cut it. And the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 17, iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Iron is looking for iron because only iron can make iron better. So you can't be around here functioning on the level of wood or plastic. And then out the other side of your mouth talking about, I'm believing God for iron. Only iron sharpens iron. You've got to become iron to attract iron. So you need to pray to become attractive to the mate you would be attracted to. Because the mate you say you would be attracted to <clears throat> has to be attracted to you. There are a lot of things and people we're attracted to that ain't attracted to us. And it's not because we can't be attractive to them. It's that we've not done our personal work. See, we're always attracted to people that have done their work in certain areas. And then we sit down doing absolutely nothing to perfect ourselves. And then we want to, you know, we want to we be attractive to people who are highly disciplined when our lives have been completely undisciplined. People that have done their work and sharpened themselves and made themselves the best version of themselves when we're just hitting in on 30 and 40 percent of our potential. You need to go home and do your work. And then watch this. Or let me make this statement. 
You have to become a happy person. Talking about becoming attracted to the mate you would be attracted to. You have to become a happy person, healthy, because healthy people, listen to this, are not looking for someone to make them happy. They want someone to be happy with. In other words, if you're not happy with you presently, when you look in the mirror, if you're not happy with you, when you look at your, your financial statements and you're not happy with you, when you look at your you know, accomplishments versus your goals, you're not happy with you, you need to do the work to become fulfilled and happy with you because the person that you would be attracted to is not looking for someone to make happy or to make them happy. Healthy people are attracted to healthy people who are already happy by themselves and they're looking for someone to be happy with. This is why the Bible says in Psalms 37, 4 and 5, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Your happy has to come from within you. That's really between you and God. If, if, if you're searching for a mate, for them to make you happy, you're, you're not, no, no, you're not, you're not ready. You're not ready. You don't even need to date right now. You need therapy. You need prayer. You need introspection. You need to do some self-work. Uh, then finally, watch this. Number four, and finally, you got to center yourself in faith for your mate. The world is running around. You got women out here now. Signing up to be a part of the team. Craziness. Craziness. Dudes out here got your mind so twisted, they're convincing you to be a part of the team. If a man can convince you to come up in the house and live with other women and all three, four, y'all calling him, whatever y'all call him, the same man can put you on the corner and sell your body. It's craziness. You got to stop buying into all of the rhetoric of the world. And now point number four, you got to center yourself in faith. Because if God gave you this desire for a mate, the same God that made you, the same God that gave you the, the desire is the same God that will raise up a man, that will fit your purpose, that will satisfy your eye, that will be everything you need in the superficial ways and in the more significant dimensions of life. But you got to center yourself in faith and stop being desperate and stop running behind all of these things the world is promoting because you're just increasing your body count and you're making a mess of yourself. You, you are creating trauma bonds. So when we talk about the woman centering herself in faith and just, God, hey, I've done this and I've messed this up, but now I'm trusting you. I believe this starts with not participating as a woman in the rhetoric of scarcity. Oh, there are not enough men out here. Not enough men out here. Uh, it, it really doesn't matter uh, if, if, you know, they say there's not enough men and all this. That doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter. Because God will raise, when God got ready to make a man, he reached down into the dirt and formed and breathed life into him. When he got ready for the man's woman, he reached to the man, pulled out a rib, created a woman. Then God, voila, brought them together and they became an amazing couple. God can still do it. 
But you cannot participate in the language of scarcity. Oh, ain't no, you know, Bishop, no men out here. Ain't no men out here. Stop saying that, babe. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. You, you, got, you got men out here. You got, you got women that have turned, uh, have released great guys today. Just, just let great men, the kind of man you need and desire, you got women that have, they don't want him no more. They, they, they want something else. And he on the market. You got you to gotta just be ready. And you got to be prepared. And you got to trust God to raise him up. Center yourself in faith. And don't get caught up in this language. No men. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7. Well, really Proverbs 18 and 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, whatever you love to speak is what's going to produce in your life. You, you have to not participate in the rhetoric of scarcity. This is centering yourself in faith. Let it be. Keep your mind positive. Stay on your grind. Stay in purpose. And keep your mind positive. And the Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, For as he thinketh, in his heart, so is he. Your life becomes what you think about. And then you got to what? Simply and clearly, you got to trust God to raise a husband up when you're ready. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The Bible also says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So, I just want you to know that I've been praying for you. I know it's normal, it's natural, it's human for you to desire a mate. But let's pray for that. Let's stop, let's stop running and going, jumping through all of these hoops. Let's believe God. And let's blend the spiritual with the practical. Let's do our work while God does his. May I pray for you? Father, I pray for every woman and even men, dear God, that may be on here. Who are desiring mates. And God, maybe they look at the world and the world looks like it's hopeless. But God, the same way you raised up. Rebecca for Isaac. Come on now. You can do it for them. The same way you raised up Isaac for Rebecca, you can do it for them. You can, you can raise somebody up on purpose and in purpose and bring them together that they may live for purpose together. God purged them of every toxic idea of what a man or husband needs to be and make certain dear God that their hearts are sound and aligned with your word and aligned with what is healthy and what is proper and now father I dismiss the spirit of depression that has tormented so many of them because they're looking at the clock and they're thinking about you know their age and they're listening to people say all kinds of things God deliver them deliver them from the torment of that and give them freedom give them peace and God I declare and I speak prophetically right now that you're raising up 
husbands for them. You're raising up wives for them. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Listen, I love you. I thank God for you. I thank you for being here with me today. And um, don't forget to like this uh, video before you leave out. Like it and share it and do all of those kinds of things. Uh, to help us to what? To trend. Because this message and message like, messages like this one need to be heard. Now go to my website, rcblakes.com, sign up for my mailing list, check out all of my online programs, Queenology, uh, you know, check out my uh, online program, Soul Ties, uh, Transcending the Father Wound, Wisdom for Women in Ministry. Check them all out, man. Check them all out. And go to, go to Amazon, pick up any or all of my books. I thank God for all of you from all across the world that buy my books on a daily basis. And um, I know I'm forgetting something. Those of you that need counseling, there's a link in the description for BetterHelp Counseling. If you engage that link, you have to remember Lisa and I are not counselors. If you engage that link, uh, BetterHelp Counseling is the, is the counseling agency that we recommend to you. If you use that link, it'll afford you 10% off of the cost of their counseling. And they in turn will make a deposit into R.C. Blake's Ministries for our having recommended them our referring them so if you need that go and check them out now listen I love you 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 I thank God for you I'm not leaving you but I am stopping right here and until next time I want you to remember this you are on top and you're going higher God has more in store for you so we will see you at the top God bless you We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top.